So you guys had sent us some questions uh, that we're going to go through at this moment. And um, if time allows and we've run out of questions, like, we'll take some questions or who knows what we'll do. Yeah. Like, hold on a second. Here's the planning center sheet. <laughs> there we go. That's how tonight's going to go. Cool. So I'm just going to go start with these questions. and uh, you, you guys better not have made it too hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, go ahead. Cool. So here's um, there's two questions in here that are uh, fairly similar. Uh, first one says, how do you know it's the Father's voice speaking and not your own voice? Um, that's already too tough of a question. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's actually a very good question. And um, I mean, the way... The, the way I explained it this morning is kind of, kind of how I process things. I, uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, since God has given us um, free will and the ability to be ourselves, um, we do have our own mind and our own thought system. And uh, a lot of times whenever I'm processing things with, with God, um, myself gets in the way a whole lot. So what I do a lot of times is I, um, I, I respond to the Lord. Um, you know, I, I say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go for this. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond and uh, go after this wholeheartedly. And, um, you know, there's a difference between seeing great things in the world and seeing uh, miraculous uh, experience, uh, signs and wonders and so those are the things I'm actually always looking for, signs and wonders from heaven along the way. Uh, I'm not looking for things that, that, are, that are man-made or something that could happen in a great way. I'm not really looking for that kind of stuff. Like when I'm, when I'm trying to figure out whether this is God or not, I'm actually looking for, um, you know, real, real manifest heaven experiences and um i hope you guys understand what i'm saying by that like uh like you know like the like the guy on the bus this morning you know when i if you guys know that story uh if you heard this morning like like that guy when i met that guy on the bus and he was like yeah he was like i had a dream about you just three years ago and god gave you know I saw you in this dream, and you helped bring the gospel to my people. That was, that was a miraculous sign that I knew, all right, I need to keep, keep following this. I need to keep pursuing it. Right on. So, you know, sometimes when the Lord gives us a word and we try to act on it, like the enemy tries to meet us with opposition, and he tries to steal that word from us. Yeah. So, like, what do you do when you hear from the Lord and you try to act on it, or you you have to interact with someone because of the word that the Lord yeah. gave you, and like someone looks at you like you're crazy, or like disagrees with you, or you meet some opposition. <laughs> well, what do I do in that situation? Yeah. Well, that happens a whole lot, actually. Um, more, I mean, more than you probably realize. Um, I, it happens all the time. I'll I'll just quickly tell you a situation. A situation one time that happened with me that was actually a really learning experience for me, and it kind of goes along with that. Um, 
I woke up one morning and the Lord said, um, uh, there's, a, there's a woman with her child at, at uh, McDonald's down the road. She's sitting in the back right corner. I want you to go, go to there and, and give her a word for me. And um, so I was like, okay, all right. So I got, got in my car, went to McDonald's. Uh, sure enough, there was a, a woman with her child. And just so you know, I, the Lord said a red and white striped shirt. So I saw her red and white striped shirt in the back corner. And I was like, yes, all right, that's, that's her. And then when I got up there, I was like, I was like, what am I? I was like, just not delivering this whole thing. I mean, there were like all these signs, you know, on the way, signs from God showing me that this is her, you know, I have a word for it. It just did not come out right. And well, maybe it did come out, but she was kind of like the whole time. And, um, that, I think that is a very big key because I learned afterwards that, um, I won't tell you the word that I had for her, but it, but it had to do with like God restoring her hope again. And, um, anyway, when I, when, when I, when I came in and I just jumped right into it, like, I just like, was like, I didn't even introduce myself. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I was just like this random guy that came up and said, hey, <laughs> I got a word from God for you. And she's like, kind of, what, you know? And I t- drifly don't know what happened from that experience, but I do know that she gave me the most deadest look ever. And I was like, so awkward after that. I was like, all right. There you go. All right. And I just left. So with that said, I, I, think, I think communication is a... Is a so being, some casual conversation probably would have been a good leadway yeah, strategy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, being able to, to steward, first steward, you know, I, what I really should have done I said, is I should have said, Father, what are, what are you saying? Like, and how can I communicate this? And, um, and, and then, then I could have approached it a different you know, a different way. I, I wouldn't have just jumped in there and just said, said the word. And sometimes that is true, and there's a lot of grace there. Um, I mean, I, I can't tell you, maybe that, that woman left that day and was, you know, actually really touched by God. But at, at least like, I was like, I, I knew that I could have communicated that a little bit better. So as parents of young kids... What can we do to encourage a home where the voice of the Father uh, or listening to God becomes the norm? Um, I mean, it's a it's a every day, every second thing. Um, I think one of the biggest things that my ta- my parents taught me is to um, let me make decisions on my own and let me uh, let me process process situations on my own, and then um, uh, there's a lot of power behind that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about let your kid be independent from age one. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying grow them, like, help, them, help them grow up in, in, in that envir- environment where, you know, you, you say, you know, maybe start off with reading the scriptures, you know, read, read a Bible story and then say, you know, 
what is God saying in this? And you start with little things, and then, and then it grows. And then when they, they get older, you start to, you know, they have real, really tough situations they're dealing with. And you say, what is God saying in this situation? And um, another big thing is just allowing God to do his thing in, in your home. Just let his presence abide there in your home. And I think that's probably the biggest key is um, we, we, have, we have time every morning. Um, it's not devotion time. It's just quiet time. We just have, we have time where we, before we start our day, we just hang out with the Lord. And then also one big thing that we do is uh, every Saturday we turn off, we call it no screen day. We turn off all of the screens. We turn off all of our phones. We, uh, we just have family, family and God day. And, um, and, we, and that's actually been really powerful for us. I mean, even for me and Gladys, it's, it's, it's really powerful. It's, it's tough to turn off those phones. <laughs> so, yeah. Microphone's on. It's not a big deal. Um, but my question came from something you said this morning that your mom and dad, you, you actually had some freedom even as a teenager and you got into some trouble. You found yourself yeah. in some sticky situations. You didn't elaborate on that. Can you elaborate on how mom and dad reacted to when you messed up sticky situations? What was their response? Yeah, it's actually amazing because, um, now that I'm a parent, I'm like, Oh, my, my parents are amazing. Because, <laughs> like, for me, like, when my kid's doing something, I'm like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> no, like, I want to jump right over it and be like, control it, you know. But the, when I look at the way that my parents did, um, I was, I mean, I was just, I was a really naughty kid. I would always get in trouble. And um, I, you know, like, my, my parents allowed me to get in trouble. And then, and then, and then after that, we would we would process it. And um, a lot of times, um, you know, they we as you know after the situation, I guess it was kind of like a, you know, because because we grew up and because I knew my parents would let me kind of go about. There was a trust there, like I trusted them and they trusted me, and 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 um, and then we would always we would always end up talking about it and resolving. And then I would always learn from, from those situations. Well, I was asking that for, for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. What would you say to someone who doesn't feel that God speaks to them that personally, like in your story? Sorry, sorry, repeat that again. Yeah, what would you say to someone who doesn't feel that God speaks to them uh, personally, like in your story this morning? Uh, in all reality, I would say turn your ears on. Open up your eyes because he's speaking to you um, all the time. He wants to have relationship with you. Uh, I, that's the core. That, that's the core of our, our walk with, with, with him. Open up your ears. He's speaking to you. Um, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult at times. And, uh, I mean, we go through dry spells. Yes, we go through 
dry times and hard times and tough times, but he's speaking. He's speaking at every second. But we have to have ears to hear. So being that you've grown up here in the Bible Belt South, and you've been exposed to a lot of other, other cultures. Uh, what do you see here that hinders us in America, like our culture that hinders us from hearing the Lord? Mm. I could go on about that. Um, one of the greatest, one of the greatest the greatest problems in our country is that we become too busy. And uh, we, we create our schedules so that we do not allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Yeah, that's, that is, I would say that's probably the biggest issue with the body of Christ in America is that, is that we, we do not allow room for him to speak. We're too busy. And uh, everything in our culture and society is geared around uh, the fast and easy. You know, get this and it's going to be faster and easier. You know, but once you start adding that plus another thing, plus another thing, plus another thing, that fast and easy is... is you might have like a thousand fast and easy things on your plate every day, if not more. But when you add all those up, you're busy. You're super busy, way too busy. And our minds are racing way too much to make decisions. Because our human, I believe that really we're, we can only make a certain amount of decisions a day. We can, we, can only, you, we can only hear a certain amount of voices a day. We can only process a certain amount of things a day, you know? But when we crowd our, our, our whole lives up with all this stuff, we end up, we, we end up missing it. So there's some, probably some folks out there who have uh, maxed out the budget on their schedule, so to speak, and, you know, when they, you know, sometimes when people hear what you say, there's a, maybe a little bit of discouragement in it because it's like, well, I don't even know where I could give up, where I could, like, get back some yeah. time out of this. Yeah. So what's some, like, practical advice? Yeah, um, uh, really practical advice is, um, you know, put some order, like, <laughs> I know I'm kind of sounding mean here. But forgive me, uh, put some order to your life. You know, that, that actually made a huge, huge difference uh, for me and my family because I was like really free-flowing before I got married, and then I got married, then I had kids, then our, our ministry was increasing, and then our business is here. We have a business here in the States that was increasing. I'm, I'm crazy busy right now, but because of, um, because of order... I, I just said, I got to put this in place and this in place in order for it to work out, um, in order for my day to be free enough. Um, it, it started working out. So, yeah, just, just put things in order. It, it'll work out. It really does. Um, 
Yeah, I know that like we have, we, I think we, we think in our lives that, you know, we have to do this amount of stuff in this amount of time because we're limited by time and space, right? Like in heaven, we're not limited by time and space, but on earth we are. So we feel like we have to cram enough stuff in our time, in our space, in order to get things done. But the truth is that we live in grace. You know, we live in a grace that is empowering us to get things done in a, in a small amount of time or, or um, a, a small amount of space, you know. So, so there's grace there. We just, we just have to partner with, with God, dream with God, and, and put things in order. So this morning you spoke about times that you've had some prophetic dreams and um, sometimes like nothing has come from them or it seems that way. Uh, Tell us more about what you do when you're trying to discern a dream. Yeah, what I actually do is, um, like I said earlier, I I journal my dreams as well as I journal a lot of things that, you know, like if they're like prophetic words that people give me or prophetic insight that I feel about me and my life, I record it, and then I date it, and I sign it. <laughs> That's just my, my process. I, date, I write it, date it, and sign it. And then um, what I do is every, it comes up to, it's not super scheduled, but it comes up to about every three months, I go back to all of my journals from the past five years, and I reread them. And I take, take my morning and, and uh, my t- morning time, and I just kind of, I don't like go through every word, and, but I, I skim. I skim those words. A lot of them are dreams that if I did not write them down, I would totally 100% never remember it. Like I would totally forget it. So when I go back into those journals, and, it, and it, uh, it's like redeeming the dream from the past, and uh, when it's redeemed, I, I can either say, oh, my goodness, God did this already. Or it's like, I'm on this path right now. God is doing this right now. I, I would have totally forgotten. Or it's, that hasn't happened yet, but uh, I believe it's going to happen. I, I can see some things kind of moving and moving and around, you know. So does that answer the question? I think so. If not, they'll find you afterwards. <laughs> All right, sure. So when you shared the gospel with the tribe, uh, how receptive were the tribe members when they learned uh, about Jesus and that he's the only way to heaven? Uh, that's been quite a, quite a process. Um, I'll take a, a minute to be really truthful. Um, so... At first, it was uh, ever they saw the Salemba. They were like, "God's coming back! Like this is incredible." They all, all started doing this. Um, then I started to realize that there is an extremely tight system of tribal protocol that I had to to pass before I could bring the gospel to their their people group. 
And uh, I, I kind of understand this in a sense because I've worked in different uh, tribal groups. So you can't just, I mean, you can, you can just run in there and just give, you know, bring the gospel and, you know, go in, but you're going to step on their toes and they're going to hate you forever. Um, so I, I instead, like me and my team, we, we real gently came in, we went through the chiefs, said, is it okay to, to start doing, um, you know, going to these different areas and, and bringing, uh, just talking to them about Jesus. And then um, they ended up having a tribal gathering, and all of the tribal chiefs signed a, a, a paper that says, we, we allow uh, Caleb and his team to come in and bring the, bring the gospel. This is true. <laughs> um, and then so after that, we had actually an open, like an open door to their tribe. So um, uh, there's, like I said, between 70 and 100,000 people. So it, um, there's a lot of work. The harvest field is uh, plentiful in that area, and, and we are going full force in this area. Um, so uh, one thing to add to that question is um, uh, I believe the, the, they, since, they, since they're so eager for God, one, one thing that they've uh, seen a lot is like a lot of really cool, uh, miraculous things that have happened to show them that, that God loves them. And like one day we were praying and there was actually a drought in this area for six months. And it was, it was not raining and all the farmers, they actually depend on their fields, you know, for the rain to come. And this was six months it had not rained. And, and we were talking to this small, like little village about, about Jesus. And they were like totally like, like it was almost like a brick wall between us. And, um... Suddenly, we just said, you know, uh, uh, one of the farmers spoke up and they said um, something like, like, God doesn't care about us because our fields are, are dry. You know? and, and we said, you know what? God does care about you. And, he's, and he, wants to, he wants to bring you into, uh, into favor and grace. So let's pray right now and just, just ask the Father uh, to, to bring his reign. And so we said that real confidently. But then on the inside, I was like, oh, no, why did I just do that? And then we started praying, and we started praying, you know, pressing into it. And guess what happened? Thunder in the distance right before we said amen. And then that night, it went downpour throughout the whole night. And uh, that was a sign to them that, that, you know, God loves them. And then, so like things like that, are, uh, you know, are, it's actually God that's bringing, bringing his love and his gospel, you know, because we couldn't have done it without him. So you presented the salimba, mm-hmm. and then there was a span of time, and they asked for uh, their own translation of the Bible. Yeah. So like that span of time in between those two events, like, what was that time frame? Uh, it's about. Um, it's actually about seven months, if I remember right. Uh, they seven months. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I, I don't remember. It was somewhere between six months and a year. Let's just say that. Because um, we had to go through that, you know, that protocol again. You know, that, that respectful way of approaching um, honor. The way, that, that's how I would say it. It's, it's an honorable way of, you know, of approaching the gospel, bringing the gospel to people. So that took time. Uh, it took a lot of time spending time with them, getting to know them, them getting to know us, and building that trust. Um, at the same time, Wycliffe had to do a lot of research, saying, is this a real tribe? How did we miss them? Uh, how did we miss this uh, research? Because they've actually done extensive research in that whole surrounding area. And, uh, and, and so they actually had to uh, you know, research and find out this is actually a... Um, a sovereign tribal group that is, um, you know, a sovereign tribal group in that area. So, so, then, so then after all that happened, then we were able to get started on the project. That's good. So I believe where we're going next, well, first of all, um, from both the services this morning and the time that has gone by since you've come back tonight, um, has the Lord communicated anything to you specifically about this church family or maybe someone who might be in here tonight? Yeah. Um, you know, I just felt my heart this morning as we, were, as we were worshiping, you know, that there are a lot of people that feel empty and feel just really broken. Like, you've tried everything. You know, you've, you've tried to, to fix it with everything, you know, and um, there are even people, a part of this uh, leadership in this church, you've tried everything. And it's like, what, what is it? Something is missing. And um, I, I felt like the thing that is missing is, is exactly what we're talking about today, hearing God's voice and responding. And um, I just wanted to speak that out, you know, because um, uh, that's the core of our relationship with God and um, one kind of one thing that I've been processing with the Lord a lot is that here, um, is it okay if I be really, really truthful? Do it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about necessarily here, like in this church. I'm saying here in America, in our, in our country, we love the voice of God, you know, and we honor the voice of God. And actually... In, in, the, in, you know, in our stream and everything of Christianity, actually, we, we really value the prophetic voice of God. You know? But the, the biggest issue, I think, is that we, we, we receive the voice of God, or we receive the words of God and say, yes, this is, this is, a, this is a, you know, God speaking to me. You know? And then we don't do anything about it. We don't respond. You know, and um, just just as a just as a brother, I just I just want to say, go for it. You know, just just respond to him. If if he tells you he loves you, tell him that you love him back. Go go after his heart. You know, if 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 I mean, it's not necessarily if God calls you to another nation or calls you to you know to do this big thing or whatever it is. It's if if you hear something from the Lord, just respond to it. You know, and th- there's so much, there's so much pleasure that the, that the Father gets in that. 
And I think that we as a, as a body of Christ and also you as a Hope City would actually would go, I mean, you guys would take some amazing leaps, it, big, big steps if you, if, if you started really responding to the Lord in a great way, which I'm not saying you aren't. I mean, I, I, I am so, I honor what you guys are doing here, and I think it's amazing. And I, I think the, the presence in, in this place is increasing even more. And the way that you guys have, have said yes, and you've dropped down your agenda, and you said no matter what, we're going to have God's will. We're going to have him move no matter what. And I honor that. But I just want to say to respond to the words wholeheartedly. Scripture reminds me in Proverbs, it says that uh, hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I really feel like that kind of encompasses what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think where we're going next, I wouldn't know because I crumbled up the schedule and kicked it off the front of the stage. Um, good job. Good job. No. <laughs> uh, earlier this morning, you were talking about when you saw this instrument uh, in your um, dream that like the melodies that came from it, like there was like this uh, invitation from heaven, like earth and, and heaven mm. were like yeah. collaborating. Yeah, and so I uh, think you and the rest of the guys are going to come back up here, yeah. and uh, you're going to go at it with this again. And uh, I think we're going to put uh, our money where our mouth is and see if we hear the Lord while you right. minister to us. Yeah, right on. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. And um, yeah, I just want to prep it with you know, just prepare your hearts, kind of get in in worship mode again. Um, I'm just so thankful for um, this place and all of you guys. And um, like even as I'm just up up here, I can kind of scan the place and I can, um, what I'm hearing from the Lord is that there are a lot of valuable people here, like really, really valuable. And um, all of you are extremely, extremely valuable um, to, to him, to God, uh, you're part of his royal family, and then also to this region. You know, you go out and you go to your own homes and go to your own places, but uh, uh, you actually bring his kingdom with you everywhere you go, go. And I just see that, and I just wanted to just say that before we go into it.
Can we honor Caleb this evening? <clears throat> That's good, man. So good. Thank you.